everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. It is a, it is a uh, warm, it's not warm, it's pretty hot and humid. But as we said yesterday, it's June, so what do you expect? But uh, welcome in. We are cool and comfortable, all of us, and all of us being Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, true at the controls. Here in the Wow Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to Wow. Visit WowForBusiness.com. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaOfAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And uh, with that, let's uh, welcome in Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, Justin, it's been a uh, uh, busy last few days in uh, in Auburn Athletics, and, and it's not done. No, not done. Big weekend coming up um, for football recruiting. Obviously, baseball going to to Corvallis uh, today for uh, for the uh, super regionals, and uh, it'll be really interesting. Uh, even uh, even some like minor stuff has caught my eye, like Jabari Smith working out with the Magic today, and there's a lot of growing sense that he is going to end up being number one overall. I think there were early on there was talk about Chet Holmgren being the guy for the Magic, but I think I saw today that. Uh, minus 500 right now in terms of odds that Jabari will be the first off the board uh, at the draft here in a few weeks. Saw so what the Magic posted something about him earlier today uh, on their social media as well. So, I mean, there's, there's sort of how much of how much of Jabari going number one do you think has to do with the Magic having the pick? Or, or is this becoming a situation where maybe it doesn't matter? Who, who was picking first overall? Jabari Smith is, is is turning into something of a consensus for first overall pick. Yeah, I, I think my I think the big thing with Orlando is is that they have several seven footers already on their roster, and so if you get Holmgren, you're 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 going to have to start thinking about okay, what do I do with Wendell Carter Jr.? What do I do with Mo Bamba? Like, would you like how would you play all those? You would have to do it. Whereas the the case with Jabari, he fits right in because especially with Jonathan Isaac. Um, being hurt the last two years, they've really missed that stretch four in their lineup. You know, they have Chuma coming off the bench. He's playing more of kind of a wing role. They had Mo Wagner kind of kind of doing a lot of that stuff last year for him, but just an upgrade where I think he fits in uh, right away. And and so I, I think some of it is positionally, but I also think some of it is just best available player. I think Chet hmm. has potentially a higher ceiling. Some people think, but he's very, he's a lot riskier because of his size. And and by that I mean his his. <laughs> The fact that he's like 190 pounds. Do you really footer. think that he has a higher upside than Jabari? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't. I think. 
I think people think so because of his defense, that his two-way right. ability is like, you know, you get a premier shot blocker and an offensive weapon if you can turn into that. But, no, I, I think I think Jabari's game is NBA-ready. I think he does things that very few guys at his size can do. Um, and, and I, you know, I think, Chet, I think Chet Homer could end up being a really good pro, but I think he's going to have to do a lot more to get to that level. He's going to have to put on weight. I think he's going to have to change some stuff about his game, whereas Jabari, I think he's plug and play as it comes because he's got, as everyone who watched him play for Auburn last year, he takes NBA shots and hits NBA shots. Anyone else in the conversation other than Jabari or Chet Holmgren to be the first overall pick, or is that, is that all? Is it, I mean, would it be, you would it could, be ben- Bancaro? Yeah, or? you could talk yourself into Paolo Bancaro. Um, I think he is kind of the one out. I'll be interested to see. I, I think con- conventional wisdom has uh, Jabari and Chet in some order at one, two, and then when you go with... Three, I, I, the interesting one to me is going to be three, four. Um, it's going to be either Paolo Bancaro or Jay Nivey. and which one goes in what order? Uh, I think is be it will be interesting. Uh, picking Those at, will both be who's got who's got the fourth pick? Do you, do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, the, Houston's third, and the Pistons have okay. the fourth pick. I think I, I think both of those guys, depending on, yeah. I, I think they'll both be trendy rookie of the year picks. Maybe you know Bancaro at, with Houston just figure you know it seems like a lot of playing time could be uh, could be available for whoever slides in as the Sort of if, if, it, if it's the Ford, and then if it's Jaden Ivey, I mean he, he yeah. seems he seems NBA ready. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see. Houston would have loved to have been in the top two because yeah. I think they need front court guys more than anything. Um, and Bancaro is a fine consolation prize if they get him at yeah, three. And I, and I think you could turn Bancaro into a four at the NBA level, right? Um, for for sure. So it, it'll, it'll be very interesting. But yeah, Jabari really picking up steam. I think a lot of people watch the NCAA tournament and. You got out, got their hot takes going about Jabari and 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 his future. It's like, man, this is one game. Look at this dude. Look at what he can do. Um, and I get, I guess that's the thing. It's like, if Holmgren turns into what he could be, there's very few people on the planet that can do that kind of stuff. But you can say the same thing about Jabari Smith, and he he doesn't have to change anything, right? Uh, you know, it's not like he's got to put on a ton more weight to play in the league. I mean, you know, he he's one of those guys where. Again, there's only a handful of 6'10 dudes and taller that shoot like he does. What's the buzz on Walker Kessler's NBA draft stock at the moment? You're most likely going to probably see Walker Kessler go outside of the lottery, but in those picks of teams that um, you know may, may, may have not have been deep playoff teams. Um, so earlier exits. I, there's, I'm, I'm seeing some second-round stuff for him Yeah, now. and that's going to be interesting to see if he ends up doing that. I... I, I I think I think he's a good enough center. He's not in the top tier of centers in this class. He's not he's not homegrown. He's not uh, uh the kid from um, kid from Arizona. Uh you know, he's not in that he's not in that range, but um I think if you're an NBA team that has a either a question mark at center or an older guy at center, I think the best case scenario for Kessler is go somewhere where they have a five man that they like that might be a little bit older, kind of coming on the end of his deal. And learn just behind him. Just go ahead and say it. Walker Kessler, for a bunch of different reasons, feels like a guy that's going to end up being selected by the Celtics late in the draft, and then he's going to he's going to learn. I was little, thinking the Mavericks. The Mavericks scouted Auburn games a ton this year. They were about they were at pretty much every one of them uh, that Celtics I can remember. Are, Celtics are loaded with productive college basketball oh, yeah. players that yeah. went later in the NBA draft than they should have been. Grant yeah. Williams. Uh, you know, maybe chief among them, Peyton Pritchard, Peyton was, Richard, was one of yep. the best point guards in college basketball, and and fell due to athletic concerns and, yeah. and age, fell fell probably further than he should have. In they the draft. hit big, obviously by by standing 
staying put and getting you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum where they did. A and M, A and M big guy, uh, Robert Williams. Oh yeah, Tom um, Lord. Yeah, Bob yeah, Williams. Absolutely. Who who uh, you know who blocked uh, Bryce Brown's shoulder. Yeah, if, if you recall, and uh, yeah, I mean, just there's a lot of that. And Al Horford maybe fits the description of the big guy you were just talking about as a yeah. uh, a center that that uh, someone like Walker Kessler would benefit from from learning behind. Dallas him. Dallas makes a ton of sense because you, you seem like they don't have that that big man of the future locked up. And the thing about them this year was uh, their de- their interior defense could kind of hold them back a little bit. How about this one? Are DeAndre Ayton's days numbered in Phoenix? And if so. Yeah. What would they want to do? Because he doesn't seem like. I mean, that I don't know that how a, you that, pay, that I don't know how you pay him. That relationship seems broken. Right? I mean, they, they didn't. They didn't play him in the elimination game, but, yeah. but not. But not because he wasn't available. Because the coach decided they were better off with him on the bench. And so, I mean, when that's when that's how you're used in an elimination game, yeah. it's hard to turn around and say, "Well, pay me like a maximum contract player." And in it's the NBA. so hard because you're about to pay Chris Paul forty yep. million dollars. And Devin Booker's not going anywhere. Yeah, and Devin Booker's going to get a, you know, Devin Booker's got a giant deal. And they've drafted well enough that they feel good about some of their role players and what they need to do. So I could see. Oh, sure. I I mean, Michael, trading for Michael Bridges was one of the best moves anybody's made over the last few years. Letting letting, uh, Aiton walk and replacing him with cheaper pieces. Cheap center, yeah. Maybe including Walker Kessler is, is you know, that's that's a potential. The thing that people are going to kind of look at with Kessler and the thing that might scare people off from a first round or like a higher first round pick with him is his offense. It's like, okay, can he do do more than just be a rim runner and a dunker? Um, I I think he's going to be able to develop some of that shot. I think, you know, he's, he's young. And that's the thing that, you know, I think some people are talking about with Kessler and some of these guys that have gone to the league. It's like, you know, you're not a finished product. You're nowhere near a finished product by the time you you get get to the NBA. Um, so I think he can develop some of that shot. But yeah, if you can find a team that has the has the shooters and the weapons around him and say, hey, buddy, we need you to be, you know, I think a great example is what um, what uh, oh man, Clint Capella did for the Rockets sure. for forever, yeah. where it's just you're big, you're going to rebound, you're going to block shots for us, and you're going to run the floor. Trey Young's got um. A, uh, well, he's got Capella now too. Yeah, he's got yeah. Capella, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, John Collins, I think is kind of the other thing. But the thing with with Kessler though is that he's such an elite defender, and if he can tap out his defensive ability, I mean, just a, a defense first rim protector, and you surround him with shooters, or if you already have shooters and just well established, like he could be the missing piece for a team. And I'm not saying like be a star, be a starter. You know, first couple of years in the NBA, but by the time you get to that second contract, people are looking at him as like, yeah, this this, this might be a guy who can be a. I mean, I, I think of him like, uh, kind of like how Kevon Looney had a really good run in these playoffs for the Warriors. Like, you need somebody like that if you are a team that has a ton of shooters and a lot of a lot of talent in your backcourt. Pivoting back since we're doing a, a basketball segment to to start the show, I'm p- mm-hmm. pivoting back to to Auburn a little bit and and, and the the current Auburn roster rather than the players going into the draft. Are you? Where where are you on the last scholarship remaining? Are you pretty sure that Auburn's not they're using done. it and they're they're they're, they're finished they're adding players? Yeah. I think they're done. I think uh, I think they're they can use that scholarship to reward a walk on who's been with the team for multiple or years. Or they can hold it. Or yeah, they, or, and and that has been that has been Bruce brought mentioned into, Leor specifically. Yes. The other day I, I know he has. Them, yeah. that's been brought into question by some people. To me, though, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I thought that was the case. I I need to read. The the wording of the NCAA penalty mm. because if the word initial is not in there, they may not be able to use that scholarship without then still having to 
uh, not use one later. They used one last year. Right. And they need to do it again. And and Bruce has talked about it being, you know, as, open the door. It's like, we might just do that again this year. Yeah. Or we might give it to somebody. Right. Or, or they, I mean, he talked about doing it in the, in the portal. They, ha- they definitely have one. Yes. But, I mean, what Dan was talking about is um, there had been some suggestions that, well, since he, since Lior's been in the program for a couple of years, he's not an initial. It wouldn't count against, ah, you know, yeah. it doesn't count against your initials. But it I, I don't know that the NCAA yeah. penalty said anything about initial, just said scholarship. Just your so, counter. You, right. should, you just can't max them out. Yeah. So that, that's not to say that Lior can't so maybe get a scholarship. It's a th- maybe it's a third option. Maybe you yeah. have, you can bring someone into the program. You can use the scholarship on a walk-on, or mm-hmm. you can count the scholarship towards the NCAA penalty right. that you're still which, trying which, to get. Yeah, Bruce laid out all, set set all the obligations. Yeah. See, for yeah. some reason, I thought you could do two and three no. uh, with, with a player who's, who's been in the program for multiple years. Because you wouldn't, we've talked about this before, you, you wouldn't want it to be, hey, come in as a walk-on, and then week two, you know, we'll, we'll reward right. well, you with a scholarship. It, it and used to be, you know, until the NCAA recently did away with the 25 initials in football, that was a that was something that... You know, people would try to figure their ways around, or if a player yeah. had been in the program two years, you could put him on scholarship. They only counted against the eighty-five. Now that's all you're worried in about. Basketball, it's just you got to get you got to keep it in there's thirteen. A shirt, there's, and, a and shirt there's a shirt color for that, right? The guy, yeah, who, yeah the gray, some, there was something that yeah. where you what you were a, a green, a decorated walk-on, basically that would have a, a scholar, you know, with the right. promise of a scholarship a year later. I or believe something. that is that gray shirting. I, well, uh, gray no, shirting, that, no, gray, yeah, yeah, gray shirting is when you bring them on and basically have them walk on, and they can go through everything. I think it's yeah. green. I thought thick green shirting is. What's, yeah, is what's that the one, one? which where is crazy? That usually would be like, oh, full go. Yeah, but no, it's not. I don't think you're seeing this as much anymore. What's the one where you enroll in school in the fall, but you don't join the team until January? Right. Blue. So they could count. Is that? Is it? I, I don't. I don't think you see as much blue shirting uh, anymore. That was a cra- like. For some reason, I feel like Houston, that was a way to get away around a lot of stuff. Right, Houston Nutt was the master. Of, you're accounting for it. You're, you're, always, you're always rolling. Auburn guys did forward. that a ton with uh, like launch snappers and like specialists, mm-hmm. like where you're like, we want to have one on scholarship, we want to have you around, but like we're not, we we're don't not need you right during now. the season. Yeah, we also, need you, we need to get you in and get you ready, but we don't need you necessarily right now. Those are also positions where maybe you can tell a guy, hey, go work out with this coach and take a season off, and we'll you know we'll, yeah. we'll come talk to you in a year at, at running back or receiver or quarterback. Back, you'd be a little worried about telling an 18 year old, "Hey, just just skip this season, but, and, and you know we'll, we'll come talk to you. In, we'll come talk to you in January." But I, I think they're done. I, I, I don't see anybody else coming in here late. Um, it would take somebody to kind of. I think it would take somebody new or somebody kind of unexpected in the portal. Thing about it is, is like you've already got 12 scholarship guys, and even if you bring in a guy who's really really good. How much playing time can you offer him compared to some of these other schools? Um, and I think that's I think that's the big thing. Like if you want to get a bigger guard, or you want to get a wing, mm-hmm. so all right, how well, much how, how attractive how, is it going to be to them? Yeah, how yeah. much and how much are you willing to take away from Katie Johnson and Alan Flanagan and Chance Westry coming in? Like how much are you playing time are you willing to take away from them to get to a point where keep in mind, you know, even if you don't count Chris Moore and Stretch Ock and Bola guys who weren't regularly on the floor last year for Auburn. That's still a ten-man rotation. That's still a very deep team, you, a lot deeper than most most coaches run, and even Bruce, who is one of the deepest deepest bench coaches in the country. There's not. I don't think you look at this roster and you say, "Oh, there's this glaring need no. at, at position X where you need a player to come in and play twenty five, thirty minutes for this team to be able to hang." with the best teams in the SEC. You're more rounding out the edges or finding a specialty or yeah, adding someone to the mix I, if you wanted I, to do so. 
I said it when Julian Phillips went to Tennessee. I thought Julian Phillips would have been a luxury pickup for Auburn. He was an absolute must-have for Tennessee. I think that played a big part in how that all shook out. Um, But, yeah, no, it's just... You know, and maybe, okay, we and maybe, Jonah, guy. maybe Jonah Broom was something of a of a uh, you know the the way Auburn the way, the way Tennessee needed Julian Phillips maybe Auburn needed uh, Broom to, to pick Auburn more than Florida did yeah more than Florida yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I agree sure. for sure and you've got a really good rotation there in the front oh, yeah I mean it's just the question for Auburn I think is going to be this year is like all right how much does Chance Westry play uh, and how do you figure out that two three dynamic um, you know what does Theoretically, you got to fill 80 minutes between your shooting guard and your small forward. You have Katie Johnson, you have Alan Flanagan, you have, uh, you know, uh, sorry, Chance Westry coming in. You know, Zeb Jasper can play some there. You know, Chris Moore can play some there. All right, how do you carve it all up? Uh, and uh, that that's going to be the big question. And I think some of these guys. The other thing you keep in mind is that this is an old team now. Uh, there's a lot of older guys on this team, and so you're more comfortable playing heavier minutes than these guys than maybe last year when you did a lot more rotating and did a lot more that. Although I will say that the versatility in the front court is going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. They can mix and match so many different lineups uh, between the fours and the fives. Br- briefly before we uh, before we change sports, uh, you know, uh, wh- how are your feelings on the NBA Finals? Uh, three three games in, uh, Celtics. Uh, you know they had. They the big, had to. Well, they had to win last night. Had to win last night. The Warriors made made it a game towards yeah. the end of the third quarter. And, and yeah, I mean, your problem is your problem is this has been a really bad playoffs for Draymond Green, and last night was probably his worst game that he's played. You can't say what he said at the press conference. We 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 can't tell you how he described his play. Yeah. Uh, last night, but you no, can find it. But it was media. but it's true. And and yeah, I tweeted it last night. You know, if you're getting paid just to play defense and take care of the ball, you need to play defense and take care of the ball. Um, you know, their defense, it's, it's been one of the only times I can remember in a sustained stretch of Warriors basketball when they're better on defense when he's off the floor. And that's, I think that's, you know, we can talk about matchups and we can talk about how it works there. I do think this is kind of like the beginning of the end for him at, in his prime, in his peak. Um, and you know, uh, Clay and, 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 um, Andrew Wiggins, they just got to do more pool. They got to do more. Uh, it can't just be Steph. Uh, but when you do that and have no interior defense, it's going to be hard to beat a team like the Celtics who uh, play great ball movement offense and uh, have some dudes who can step up and, and, and play defense. And they were at home. Warriors win game four. Then it's, they, it, then then they it's right got back. the advantage. Yeah, again. it's a three-game yeah. series. You can get two of them back, two of them in, uh, in, back in San Francisco. So, um, yeah. I've, I've really been impressed with the way Boston's coach has sort of attacked other teams – you know strengths and weaknesses throughout this postseason. You can tell he's a Greg Popovich guy. He I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, this this may be the fourth series in a row where, if I had to be completely honest, I might have taken Boston's opponent's roster. If you're asking oh, me yeah. which team I yeah. which team I'd rather have, yeah, I'd take I'd have taken Brooklyn. I'd have, I'd have taken Milwaukee. I'd have, I mean, I'd have thought about it, but I'd probably take Miami. And the, and now you've got Golden State, who I you know going in thought deserved to be the favorite. In this series, Boston's got a two-one lead. Maybe can can win this whole thing. I mean, they're going to play oh, yeah. the series. They're they're in great they're shape. In, they're they in win, a great spot. They yeah. win. Uh, is it tomorrow night or Friday? Tomorrow night. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow night is tomorrow uh, night is, is Friday. Yes, that's right. That that would make thank goodness. Oh, tomorrow night is Friday. That's <laughs> that's true. The uh, the the nine the answer the, was yes. The yes. nine p.m. The nine p.m. baseball on Saturday has me all uh, has, has me all askew. <laughs> that's yeah. right. It feels like the first first game of a baseball series should be Friday, and that's two days away. That's yeah. why. That's Instead, why the first game of the baseball series is going to be the middle of the night on Saturday. Yep. We've got and we've got some, hey some news. We've got some news about that coming let's, up in, let's, the, uh, yeah, in, in the in the next segment. We we need to get to our first break, and we will give you that news. Uh, so stick with us. We're just underway here on the Thursday Drive. Yes. 
Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And, uh, Justin, before we uh, uh, jump into to, uh, what, what we've got going on here, let us know what you uh, what all you have going on there at the Observer and what's, uh, what's coming up. Yeah, so uh, this week at the Observer I did a story on uh, – here, here's a little note. Uh, I don't know how many people know this, but uh, Auburn is set this year have more scholarship players from the state of Louisiana than they've had on any other team in its history. Went back and dug We're talking in football mm-hmm, in football, um, including for some reason they're li- and I didn't count him in the in my initial thing because it still counts without him. But apparently Camden Brown is 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 being listed from Louisiana now, even though Auburn got oh, him. From, were they displaced? Was the family displaced a few? I, years I believe ago that's or correct. I, I, I think yeah, so. His dad played at ULM. Yeah. Uh, he, he he got a lot of ties there. But anyway. Um, Auburn has well. The thing is, Auburn has more Louisiana ties on their staff. Than exactly, ever had. they're taking advantage of it. It's such a great place to recruit. Like you know, we talked about how you know in the last couple of years getting into Texas a lot more. Louisiana is a great spot. Well, to, you to look. Break I mean, into. Nick Saban and Alabama yep. have been going in and getting pushing player in there a little player bit more. after player yep. from Louisiana. Yeah, and so if Auburn can kind of keep tapping into it, it's a pretty good spot. I uh, did a story on Katie Johnson uh, this week that uh, the, that a lot of people liked and. Um, had a uh, had a podcast today with our buddy Bennett Durando where we broke down the uh, the baseball series. We had to get had to call in uh, an expert from the bullpen to help us out with some baseball, and then uh, mailbag tomorrow and uh, podcast over the weekend. So met, a lot of stuff at auburnobserver.com. Met your expert along with Adam Cole early, earlier in the uh, earlier in the week. So um, it was. I thought you were talking about my brother. No, I, I met him as well. Yeah. But, but in, in a separate in in, in, a, in a separate yes. incident downtown, I met uh, I, I met the expert in question, uh, Mister uh, Mister Durando, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and uh, and and Adam Cole, couple of couple of the uh, the, the newer newer additions to the, the beat. two the two children from Missouri that now cover Auburn. <laughs> yes, on the uh, on the Auburn beat. But you know, hey, great great to uh, great great yeah, good things. dudes. A- absolutely. So yeah, look, looking uh, looking forward to listening to the uh, to the baseball preview. And Bill, we teased a little bit of news. Yeah, right. And, I'm and, interested because I don't know what this is. Yeah. So we uh, we were talking. Earlier in the week, and this 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 was um, on air. You, you were yeah, he was just musing on the air. On air speculation mm-hmm. that with a nine p.m. Saturday night baseball game, uh, you know, with, with with some pretty high stakes, like somebody somebody should be throwing a watch party or something for, and especially because it's not nearby. This isn't a game that a lot of folks oh, yeah. are going to be going to. It's not not like you're taking them away from I the have stadium. Heard, I have heard I heard stories today about parents. Who can't go out there because of how expensive? Oh, it is. it's yeah. ridiculous to try to get try out, out there. there. The um, you know flights are in the four digits. It's hard to get a rental car out there right now because you got the NCAA track and field championships you're, you're, are also in yeah, Oregon, and you're probably not you're not landing right there anyway. And apparently, Oregon <laughs> State's graduating this weekend. So so oh, okay. in, in in Corvallis, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, and there aren't there, there aren't that many hotels. Anyway, in Corvallis, Oregon. So we've got yeah, you combine graduation and something. Yeah, you got to fly to either yeah. Portland or Salem or nope. whatever. So on. if you're not so. going and you're looking for uh, for for somewhere to uh, to watch the game Saturday night, our buddies at Sky Bar are mm. telling you every TV in the place, top level, bottom level, every TV is going to have the baseball game on. They're going to have uh, you know the, the the bars open. Obviously, they're going to you know it, nice nice little atmosphere for it. And to help promote it, 
We're going on the road tomorrow to downtown Auburn, that? and we're doing the show live from the uh, from the Sky Bar patio from from, from four to six, wow. promoting the uh, Saturday night baseball uh, watch party uh, this weekend. I believe, and I, I I should confirm this before I say it on the air, but that's never stopped me before. No. Um, I believe they're also going to be open on Sunday night for game two. Uh, that's mm. that's uh, I was well, I was told good. I was told that's that's in that's in discussion. That's but what I can idea. what I can guarantee. Is game one uh, Saturday night, uh, nine p.m. on on ESPN two Skybars throwing a watch party. They're going to have the TV. They're going to have the game on every TV in the place, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing the drive live on location tomorrow from downtown Auburn. Not the only thing going on downtown. I believe we're also as as a, a station. We're we're participating. We're sort of the, yeah, we're we're sort of the lead in. We're, well, but no, but we're yeah, we're also participating as a station. I know we're going to have the ambulance down at the uh, at the Art Walk uh, d- downtown. The, uh, the the downtown uh, entertainment. Uh, the uh, entertainment district. Is, yeah, is what it becomes. The there. I mean, where which where means you, you can yeah walk around yeah walk around with a walk, walk around with your drink, That's which I know exactly is a right. huge hit for a lot of, yeah, uh, a lot of folks. Absolutely, it is summer mm-hmm. night downtown art walk. I wanted to get the yep. exact uh, event right. That's uh, presented by uh, the, the Parks and Recreation Center here in uh, in Auburn, and the Jambulance will be there along with a lot of other cool stuff going on downtown. And we're going to be uh, live at Sky Bar tomorrow from four to six, uh, promoting the uh, the baseball watch party Saturday night. And uh, yeah, we you know we might uh, I don't know, Bill, we might might walk around a little bit after the show and see see what's going on there at the sure. Uh, at, at the art walk, since uh, uh, you know, since it's it's a uh, tis the occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's fun. So we're looking forward to being on the road tomorrow. It's been a while. That's right. Back back out of the studio and, yeah. and, and, and when's on... the last time I did a live show somewhere? Uh, probably at Franklin, but it's been a while. And we'll, and we'll be back. We'll be back at Franklin soon too. We'll say that's that. Good. We'll say that on the air yeah. to to, gar- to guarantee to speak speak to it into existence. All right, we're a quarter of the way in. We'd love for you to join us. On the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise here on this Thursday edition of The Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Yeah, there's one at uh, Baptist Hospital, too. There you go. Um, go ahead and air this grievance. I think this is an important yeah, one for us to right, throw is, out there. This Brief. is good. Yeah, well, this, we were talking about, you know, uh, we're mentioning the, the the art walk and everything, and, and we were just talking about, you know, the congestion pedestrian that, safety. that there is downtown. Right, pedestrian safety and uh, um, ability to um, cut down on road rage a little bit. Yeah. Um, because it is virtually it is virtually impossible to drive down mag I'll, from, I'll, from college street to donahue or or vice versa um because of the and those roads themselves can get crazy because too. of the crosswalks that don't have flashing lights but 
primarily the 320 West Mag. Right, 320 West Mag is the new development. And I love, yeah. you know, I, I, I love uh, being able to drive through the Chick-fil-A. I it's mean, nice. uh, but there is always, if you ever need to go <laughs> so up and down. so much better than the old way. When, when it yeah. was just like, uh, well, there's 20 cars in the middle of the That's street. That's right. And they're, and they're trying to go out and take your order down, up, up and down Mag. But now there's always someone coming out of or going in to that building. And without a light there, my thought when it first got put up was, man, wouldn't it have been nice to have had a skywalk there? You nice. know, I mean, because there's always someone walking and invariably the traffic gets backed up and backed up and backed up even more. And if the decision makers would like to see a couple of really effective skywalks that we had in mind, we were just oh, saying... Oh, we were just talking about some. I mean, uh, Justin was out in Las Vegas recently. We've been out there for NAB, but we were talking about some where we've seen some, uh, you know... Much, much closer. Well, high school football stadiums in the area. So N Niceville High School, uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, the the Niceville Stadium right. has a, a really nice skywalk that for, connects the parking uh, across the street. For folks who go to Pensacola Beach, you go through Gulf Breeze, and Gulf Breeze has one. Gulf yep. Breeze has one because they have a large across parking Across that four lane, which yep. would be... Treacherous. I no, mean, it would be a lot worse than treacherous. Yeah, no, this, this, is, nothing, this is nothing against the 320 that. development no, either. Like absolutely that, it's, not. You know, it seems like, you know, I, I, I'm happy that's there, and it, and it is an improvement. I think that the Chick-fil-A parking situation. You, you had a family resident. I got, I got a family resident <laughs> who's, who's very happy with the uh, with the situation there. Um, Living above the Chick-fil-A would have been dangerous for me. Yeah, yeah no yeah, kidding. No, I, I, had a, I had a struggle with it, too. So the, the and, and the, like it you said, Justin. bounced me across the street. Yeah. yeah. Like like you said, the Chick-fil-A. I'm, I'm going to be bad enough when I'm living next to the Buckies. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. already going to be Ooh. in trouble. The, uh, the Chick-fil-A uh, drive through situation is better than it was much, before much. on West Mac. 100%. But the pedestrian traffic, when the students are in town, when the students, and even uh, now. And you were, talking about the you were talking about the flashing lights thing. The ones on college work. They do, yeah. Like it, it, you they don't do, get as much but I mean, but there's so college. much more traffic constantly. Yeah. You, if you had a flash, it would never stop flashing. It would never stop. We, flashing. we have to. Use, we may have to use our yearly call to the mayor on this one and say it is an. It is the a former host. It is a crisis. Absolutely. It is. It is when the students are in town. The the pedestrian traffic at 320 West Mag walking to campus makes and from to and from to and from makes West Mag unusable it does. It, for, it's for cars. impassable it is it is and it's untenable and i would hope now's a great time to sort of do something about it between now and the start of That's the year right. or or now and the start of fall 2023 i don't care but it's um yeah no it's it's uh, it's it's absolutely something we were just, just just during the break talking about you know some of the great great stuff that's changed about downtown mm -hmm. and and one of the things that's uh, unfortunate is uh, yeah there's there's a uh, you know a, a crosswalk that just makes the traffic brutal when when the students are around and, and, and hopefully it can be changed yeah um, so otherwise everybody's doing a great job oh absolutely now what do we want to get to next all right what do we we just... about, I, I want to ask Justin about the latest edition yeah let's to talk the, a little football. football a little football and football recruiting Talk that, that's right. So, so Auburn, that, yeah. that's a position we, I mean, after the departures of uh, what near, nearly two dozen players in the, uh, you know, in the transfer portal uh, after the season, uh, there were a couple of spots on the roster where you said, you know, if, if this, if this group of players is, is, you know, the only, are these, if these are the only players on the, at this position when the season starts, you, you, you might be a little bit worried about yeah. how to practice, let alone being able to, you know, have, have field a, a competitive team. Auburn's added quite a few wide receivers to this roster, uh, including uh, now two in the transfer portal, Dazzlin' Worsham, and now they've added Coy Moore, who started 
and and made an impact as a true freshman at LSU in yep. 2020. What what can you tell us about Coy Moore and, and how do you project uh, very early on? Obviously, he just got here. Uh, you know, what what do you project his his possible contributions? Just a really team? good all around receiver. I, I, he's not one of those guys on film where you say like, here's one thing about him where it just flies off the off the chart. Um, but just a good all around receiver. He's got really good hands. Didn't have hardly any drop problems at, at LSU. Um, good speed. He's a lot bigger, you know, thicker, a little bit more muscular than than guys that are about that six foot range at wide receiver. Very versatile. Runs clean routes. Um, just a smooth player. And uh, you know, he's going to be one of those guys. I think you just got to have in, in your room um, because you know he was he was a four star coming out of high school. Very coveted player. I think Auburn even uh, offered him when he was coming out of high school and ends up staying in state with LSU. Plays a decent bit his first year. I think he was the fourth receiver, yeah, like wide receiver. At LSU. Yeah, at LSU had some big plays there. And then last season, and all the chaos that happened at LSU, guys opting out, guys not playing, all that, and the the weirdness that happened with Ed Orgeron, he decides to leave in the middle of the year. Uh, had kind of fallen down the pecking order a little bit behind some of the true freshmen that LSU were trying to was trying to play. Uh, but a really good, really good receiver. Strikes me a lot like Daz Worsham, and in, in the fact is not a ton of experience. He's got some, but not a ton of experience. And you're just saying, hey. You were really good in high school. A lot of places wanted you. Maybe your first spot, you know, depth chart just wasn't a great fit for you. We've got opportunities here. We think you, we think we can tap into what made you a great player. Um, and so I, I see a lot of a lot of similar similarities there. Can be a guy that I think would be, you know, if he if he turns out to be a, a starter caliber player, could be a guy who'd be a great compliment to uh, a Shed Jackson, a smaller guy like Javarius Johnson, maybe some of the bigger dudes, and and, and uh, you know, kind of vertical guys on, on the on the roster. Auburn has a couple. Of, go ahead, Bill. No, I was going to say Auburn, and and as is the case with Worsham, I mean, they both have three years of eligibility, yeah. so you've got guys that have. I mean, they have some experience, but they're not going to be one and done guys. You yeah. wouldn't think. I mean, unless no. they're just phenomenal this year. Yeah, it's if not like, one and done guys. If, if yeah, what, if what a year and, it's been. Whew, yeah. You know, you you went the one and done route with Demetrius Robertson last mm-hmm. year, and you got what you got out of him. You know, and and this is, I think the whole pitch for Auburn this year is this: you have to be better, right? You have to improve your offense in order for Brian Harson and his staff to continue their work as you know building the Auburn program into what they want it to be. Um, but you don't want to build it to the you don't want to go all in to the point where it's like you get a bunch of rentals, and then next year it's like okay, now what? And I think you got a little bit of that coming on the offensive line, but that's more of a making that you inherited than necessarily what you what you've you know got in there. So you go and get guys, you kind of backfill, right? Instead of getting dudes that are going to only be around for a year, it's like getting a it's like getting a guy from a couple classes back and just kind of filling in that way. If you look at the transfers, and it's, you get some of that on the defense too, was there's only a couple of guys that Auburn's picked up in the transfer portal this year that are one and done type of players. They had a lot more last year. And it helped kind of establish it. Now you have a point where you invest in some multi-year guys, and if it clicks and if it works, this staff can continue to build around them. They can be, they can be plugged into the system for a while, and that's how you build consistency. Point uh, to to you know just some numbers to to your point. When I look at the breakdown of classes, I said those guys have a couple of years of eligibility left. So uh, I mean now now you're starting to fill in that. That sophomore, actually, they have three years of eligibility mm-hmm. left. Yep. So, so they go into the sophomore class, which now has thirteen. Yep. So, I mean, it was a light class. 
you're you're sort of adding to that and evening things out and uh, among the classes yeah. as far as scholarship distribution. Yeah, it's smart. I get. I know everybody wanted to uh, you know see Auburn go get big name guys in the transfer portal. I just think with what happened in the off season, with the finish Auburn had to the regular season, with some of the uncertainty around the program, it was going to be harder to sell big name guys to come in here. So in lieu of that, what you do is you find guys that you can say, hey, come here, be a part of this, help us build something, um, and you know, stick around for a while. And and you know, you know, we're 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 trying to be a team that can be consistent. We're trying to be a team that can prove all the doubters wrong. And so you get these hungry young guys who you know are going to be looking for your opportunities, right? You know, in the case of a guy like Robbie Astrid at quarterback. That's uh, a guy who had not got, not got on the field yet, but everybody knows he's talented. Daz Worsham's the same way. I think there's some of that with with Coy Moore. A lot of those guys, you, you see that across uh, what Auburn's gone and uh, and gotten here in the transfer portal. Um, just so many dudes that are multi year guys. And if the pitch is get better this year, not necessarily like of course you want to win as many games as you can last year, but it's like I don't think anybody's sitting here saying oh, Auburn's going to have a chance to win a national title this year. I think it's more of like. Can you show progress to get everyone to buy into what you're selling as a staff, and then build on, build from there? Yeah, keep keep the barbarians at the gate. You know, right? right you now want a younger you want a younger team that you can build because it would be one thing if you had a seven and five record and everybody was leaving and right. you're like, well, crap, what's what are you going to do next? Um, you're going to have enough. I mean, you've got you've got a, a it's going to be a young well, senior class anyway. Hold on. well, that's that's the thing. In the old way of thinking of when the only way players left was graduation in the NFL draft, then right. yes, you feel great. No, now, but I mean, you've, you've, got, you've got guys that will be gone after this year regardless right. of what I was saying. Well, you've got enough yeah, of those you guys can't already. Bet, you That's, can't figure out, like, well, you can't say, so, oh, we're going to have these guys in two years. There's no guarantee. Well, no, but yeah, what's what's dangerous about college football is, I mean, you, you can feel great because you've got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores in your right. lineup, but at the end of the season, and they, they, might, be, you they be might decide question to is go. Let's think, why do people leave? Like, there's a difference in why did you transfer from from Auburn and why did you transfer from Oregon or where? why did you transfer from you know, uh, Memphis or something okay. like that. It's like there's a difference, right? Because right? like if you're projecting, okay, guys are going to leave Auburn in the transfer portal next year. Why? A lot of those is going to be dudes that like what we saw this time around. Coaching changes. If they, you know, if that. But the second thing is, is like not getting as much playing time as you probably could somewhere else. So when you're thinking about building a roster and guys moving forward, if these guys that you're bringing in and these guys you have, these young guys are guys you're building your team around, they're going to be less likely to bounce unless something big happens, unless they're, you know, coaching changes. You think about Auburn lost a lot of guys from the amount of assistance that left, the uncertainty around the program, all that. But most of those guys, with the exception of a couple, like Bo Nix and, and Kobe Hudson, a lot of those guys were not dudes that were not starting mm-hmm. very regularly. They They're left go- in the pursuit of playing time, which is you know that that's that's there's the going to be less a churn. There's going to be there's going to be in the second and the third levels of your depth chart. There's just going to be more churn naturally, just because yeah, you everywhere. have that ability. Yeah, yeah, and you and you have that and you have that everywhere. When your starters are leaving, that's when you need to answer questions from your bosses right. about what's going on in your program. Right. And, and uh, you, I haven't read your your piece about the Louisiana recruiting. Uh, did yeah. you, had, you, had you done it yet? Had you, you've already written yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that was uh, Tuesday. I would be interested. Do you do you make note of Trevon Reed and mm-hmm. uh, I Killiard. and I Killyard, yep. who who seem to have been yep. very active role in Coy Moore's recruiting, mm-hmm. both Louisiana natives mm-hmm. uh, in, in in their own right. You wonder if if that's opening some pipelines to the uh, to opening the some pipelines. And and again, this one's not as strong as the other ones. I mean, of course, I Killyard being from Louisiana, Trevon Reed from Louisiana. Um, 
Also want to point out, Auburn's had a little bit of success getting some DBs and defensive players down there. Zach, uh, Zach Etheridge had that one year at Louisiana, but yeah. then when he's at Houston, he recruited the state of Louisiana pretty mm-hmm. heavily uh, for uh, the Cougars. He's picked that up. But when you go and you get a guy like uh, you know Austin Osbury and you're trying to get his little brother to, to come on now, um, it's not stopping him. I mean, I think Auburn's got, I would say, on, on their board right now, their recruiting <laughs> board right now, they have two or three guys that they have a really good shot at that are Louisiana natives. And you think about Louisiana natives that have played for Auburn in the past, you can name a few, but they've kind of been like one guy at a time or something like that. This is a collection of guys when you think of uh, all that they've got you know, this year. Obviously, you bring in T.J. Finley, but you got Donovan Caught. And that's the other thing, too. And the transfer portal opens up another world, right? If you have some dudes, if you have some dudes in there in the transfer portal, like a Donovan Kaufman who played at Vanderbilt, but was from Louisiana. You, think about you can all use the, some of those Louisiana connections. You can, you can, you know, try to pair it up like that because you do that all the time. With like, think about the transfers that Auburn brought in that were all Alabama kids. Well, come on home, you know, come, come play with, come play with your boys again. You can do that when you when you open things up in Louisiana a little bit more. And yeah, again, well, they know each other. I mean, that's that's it's a very tight knit group. And and the thing with Louisiana, I mean, everybody knows Louisiana is a talent state, number one state in the country uh, for NFL draft picks per capita, and I believe they're number three in uh, blue chips per capita over like the last decade. Um, it's a talent rich area. You're fighting everyone in the world for. Georgia and Florida recruits. The state of Alabama is just insanely good. Like I made this point in the story. This is a legendary recruiting class in the state of Alabama this year. It's a really it, it's a really good recruiting class for everybody. It's a lot more closer to what the average recruiting class is in the state of Louisiana each year. Even at, Which at is a small good, site. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is the way people valued Texas years ago and thought, yes. Oh, we make inroads in Texas. That'll pay dividends. And Georgia's become the new one. Georgia's become the new one where like everyone has to hit Georgia. And maybe with LSU having fallen, California's fading. With LSU having fallen on hard times over the last two seasons, sort of compared to what you know the standard they'd set for a long time. This is the first. This is the first time in more than twenty years Auburn can say they have a winning streak over LSU. That's right. And and people and people in Louisiana saw Auburn win in that state for the first first time in a long time too. So Uh, the youngsters don't realize how long it's been. Oh, it's tough because I mean, like they weren't alive. No, I mean, for, like, the first time in the life, the lifetime for. I mean, no, I mean, I, I don't. I have no recollection before last year of Auburn winning in Baton Rouge. I mean, it happened when I was six years old, and I, I can't tell yeah. you much that happened during that year. I mean, <laughs> I think my, I think my first like real like memory of like Auburn football. I know what they are, and I know like when things are good and when they're bad. Um, is for me it was was like two thousand two, where it's like all the hype. And 2002, 2003, you had all the hype, the magazine covers and all that, and then it you know, kind of didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, I, was, like, I don't know what happened in the <laughs> season. Like, I was, I was a small child. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if for that, if, if I'm like that, what about all these kids that are actually playing in the game? Yeah. Like, I know Bo made a point of that. He was like, Ron, Ron, they've never done it since I was alive. Ron Dane won the Heisman Trophy in 1999. So if That's you don't, crazy. If you don't have a recollection of Ron Dane's college football career, you probably don't remember Auburn's just last think, Just think of the, the this academic year. All right, so, uh, you know, Auburn wins, Auburn wins at Baton Rouge for the first time since 99. Auburn baseball wins a home regional for the first time since 99. Yeah. Play the, play the Prince. And, yeah, really. and 
Uh, first uh, outright SEC basketball title since ninety nine two thousand. Now that's uh, that's that's pretty interesting. How about, how about that? Yeah. yeah, story idea for old Justin Ferguson. There over you there. go. What happened? <laughs> Why have we? Are we reliving? Is that mean Y two K? What happened in those twenty three years? <laughs> go back and watch. <laughs> Why the, not? Go back and watch the ninety nine video music awards and see if there was some reason. Why it's weird though, because like I vaguely remember like Y2K. Like I remember people like uh, my, my, my grandparents in Florida that kind of freaked out about it. Like, I, but then, but like football. Like, hey, no, I no, remember Y2K downtown Auburn with uh, younger with younger with younger son who uh, broke his elbow earlier that day. But he, I mean, he powered he, through on New Year's Eve. He was riding his bike down down the hill toward the house. And I he either had his Walkman or something around his neck. Nineteen ninety nine. It caught in the spokes oh. and he flipped. Oh. And yeah, I was trying to. We we're trying to see about his arm and took him out to the emergency room. New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine, and they uh, put it in a sling, and he wasn't going to miss downtown. For I mean, he was what was he thirteen or go. something like that? Uh, uh, thirteen. No, he was no, he was no, he was I, nine. I, I would have been. He right. was yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right. Older son would have been thirteen. Scott would have. Scott would have been fourteen. Yeah. Matt was. Matt was nine. That's right. Because yeah, that's right. He was. He was much smaller. Than I that. will say though, now that I'm thinking about it, I do have an earlier Auburn football memory than that, and it was Rudy Johnson's 2000 season. I do remember Rudy Johnson uh, as, as a little kid. Because and then I remember the Wyoming game and the run, uh, the run to clinch it against Wyoming. Um, I do remember that. I do remember Rudy being there. I remember everybody being excited about that. But like. No idea about that 99 season. All right, we're way behind here on the uh, Thursday Drive. Stick with us. Matter of fact, come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Uh, we're winding it down for hour number one. The music's liable to start playing at, at any time. Um, so so we'll, we'll go ahead and let you know. We appreciate everybody being with us in hour number one. Coming up in hour number two, our, our regular, our, our weekly Tiger Takes with Sonny Deshera. We didn't get a chance to speak with him because Auburn was practicing yesterday. Well, Hollywood Deshera, too and, big for us. Well, I don't know that. Uh, I mean, not what happened. That's real, not what he had, happened. He had an unbelievable series, didn't he? I mean, and he's just back right at that 400 mark, just under the 400 mark. But uh, uh, our, our own Riley Hubbard had a uh, few minutes that uh, Sonny could spare, and we will run that recorded interview in our 5:30 segment. So stay tuned for that coming up in hour number two. Justin Ferguson back with us for the second hour, at least I, I believe. Right? Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, we were going to lock the door just in case. <laughs> so we'd love for you to join in. We're halfway done here on the Thursday Drive.
AR WGCCHD3 Waverly. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. ESPN 1067. A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Oh, that is that is a completely wow. middle of the summer kind of show that we're going to have to do. I mean, we're talking we're talking it's, it has nothing to do with sports. But uh, if it gets super super slow, like like we've been flooded with calls today. But I mean, <laughs> really, if there's nothing going on, we can get into the most freak accidents that you've ever been involved with because you know we know you made it. If you're if you're there to talk about it, you'll do the, yeah. the, the battle scar show. Oh, un- unbelievable! Yeah, get it's got to show you the one on his back sometime. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. We'd love for you to join in. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Drew at the controls. Here in hour number two from the Wow Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to Wow. Visit wowforbusiness.com. And uh, hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go to center for orthopedic care with locations at Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We mentioned the phone number. You can also text us. That's right. You can text the show, 334-564-1840. On the drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, Southeastern Industrial Contractors, also the sponsor of our podcast. You can catch podcasts of The Drive wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to AUNetwork.com. Use the Podcast Center. Use the ESPN 1067 app. Lots of different ways to uh, to catch the show if you don't hear it live. couple of uh, things to let you know about. One is yesterday we, uh, we didn't have uh, our Tiger Takes interview with Auburn first baseman Sonny DeShera. Um, of course, the, the co-SEC player of the year and uh, the SEC leader in batting average, walks, on-base percentage. I mean, it goes on and on and, and, and had the kind of series that would normally get you regional MVP when you go 9 for 15, walk uh, it was either six or eight times, a um, couple of homers, and six RBIs in but, Auburn's three-game sweep. But he still wasn't the MVP. That's the kind of offensive weekend it was for Auburn. The all-tournament team is... It was like, like 80% Auburn, Auburn with, a, yeah. with, with a, three UCLA players. Right. It's Auburn and then a UCLA pitcher who didn't face Auburn. Who you know what the UCLA right. pitcher got to play got to play against one of the other teams in the regional, and then a couple of UCLA players that that, that had a uh, had had decent uh, weekends at the uh, at the plate, including uh, uh, Kyle Karos, who I almost Justin I I was you almost drafted. Well, no, no, uh, not that the the um, Eric Karos might have been a, a hot property back yeah, in the he uh, was back, back, in, the back, day. back yeah. in the day in the in, in the Greystone. I was joking with Riley Hubbard at the uh, at the ballpark. Uh, so I, I'd commandeered Bill Cameron's seats. 
and I was uh, I was joking about you know tell, telling Riley you know see if he can see if he can get one of the guys to hit me a foul ball, and Riley was looking at the angle saying nah, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. It doesn't seem like they they travel oh, over. Man, a much. lot come our way. And and sure enough, Kyle Caros, uh, the third inning gets one like just just a couple feet. Just a couple feet over my head, but I I, I came close to a. Uh, Why well, hit some over your head? Yeah, like you, that's it, tough. Yeah, it was it was. Well, a, when you're seated though, it's tough. Oh, okay. to, tough to run that's up a, a few and, rows. And Bill's and Bill's got good seats, so I mean they, yeah. these are these these are pretty close to the uh, pretty pretty close. I'm to just the saying how tall you are. That's true. No, I I, I gave it a uh, I gave it the old college tribe, but I liked I was a big Eric Karras fan uh, gr- growing up. Or he was one of my, one of the the Dodgers mm-hmm. that I liked on that uh, on on those on one those of the uh, teams. Well, he was one of the many rookies of the year. They had like yeah, four or five Dodgers kept having four or five year players after year after year. Four or five Dodgers in the nineties won one uh-huh. rookie of the year like in a row, mm-hmm. and uh, and Eric Karras was uh, was one of them. Now his son is the, the third baseman for uh, for UCLA. Nearly got that uh, that foul ball, but Kyle was on the uh, the the all tournament team. Right. One of the one of the few non Auburn players uh, picked for uh, for that. Uh, that well, award. when you when you win a regional, you sweep it and you outscore your opponents by thirty three. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of hard for anybody else to get a, get a lot of love. Well, they shouldn't. All right, but but uh, an interview with Sonny Deshera coming up um, at around five thirty five or so this afternoon. Our own Riley Hubbard uh, was able to get him for a few minutes. They were practicing yesterday, and they're on their way to Corvallis. Today and speaking of baseball, if you're looking for somewhere to watch the games this weekend, and I have received confirmation from management, Saturday and Sunday they'll they'll have it open for the baseball games uh, downtown at Sky Bar, and and they're gonna have uh, they're gonna have the baseball game Saturday night on every screen in the place uh, open for uh, open for folks to come watch uh, some some Auburn baseball. If you're uh, if you're not uh, if you're not making the trip out to Corvallis, looking for somewhere. If you're not making the trip to Corvallis. You're you're definitely flying. Looking looking for if you're looking for somewhere to looking for somewhere to you're watch. You're not gonna be there in time if you're driving. If you're looking for somewhere to watch, well, the I game, you could be listening to us. You know, that's right. Way, oh, absolutely. But if, but if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game Saturday night, Skybar is going to have it on every TV. And tomorrow we're going uh, to uh, to do the show live from downtown to promote yeah, the Skybar watch Skybar watch parties this weekend uh, for the Auburn baseball team up in uh, Super Regionals as they uh, as they're one step away. Got to get a got to overcome a, a good Oregon State team. Uh, but if Auburn can win the series this weekend, uh, they're headed to the College World Series uh, for the second time since 2019. Yeah, so uh, those are some of the things going on. We'd uh, we'd love for you to join in. Uh, give us you know give us a call. Talk about anything you want, sports wise. We talked a good bit about basketball uh, with the, uh, the the draft, Jabari Smith, the NBA Finals early on. Talked a good bit of um, about the addition of Coy Moore. Now, uh, Justin, in the you know since. Well, I guess along with Coy Moore, Auburn had other official visitors in last weekend. Going to have um, at least a half dozen, it appears, official visitors coming in this weekend as well. This this feels like a really big time recruiting wise. You know, this 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 Absolutely. month is a you know it's important because uh, you you, you want to try to get the ball rolling on uh, on, on the classes of of twenty twenty three twenty twenty four. Do you get the sense that Auburn is done with adding players to the twenty twenty two roster? Or, or do you think if there was someone in the transfer, is there, is there a, do you think there's a position where they're still looking like they'd like to add a player uh, before they they break camp for the fall? They added if I if I remember, I think it was Demetrius Robertson was a very late mm-hmm. addition to the team last year, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were still looking. I just wonder where you know I, I, nothing really stands edge. out to me. Maybe the edge if they can find someone you know that, that sounds that like they, they're they moving Joko over there though. That's you know we wondered if maybe they'd try to address it internally yeah. And, yeah. and find you know situational. I, I, I still roles think you would. Or... Ha- it would be very helpful to get somebody else at edge if you could get them. Um, but yeah, 
that's the one that kind of stands out to me more than anything else. And I, I speculated before, and, and there's there's a downside to this idea too. So I'm, I'm not saying it's it's the right move. If is your is your need for someone to provide snaps at edge on top of the guys that you've already got? You need depth in case is, somebody is, gets hurt. Is your need so you need more than three for sure? Right, yeah. but but is it and is Joko, it, and looks like Joko is going to be that fourth guy? Is it so? Is, is, is okay. Go ahead. Well, my question is: Is it so pressing that you would bring in someone? Who that's their that's the only way they'd get to the SEC, or that's the only way they'd get to the bowl subdivision is because you need an edge so badly that I you're think willing, yes. Like I, I just wonder if that's I think where you need somebody. And, and at that point, do you start looking at? I, I I don't know the 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 leftovers from the 2022 class. Is that when you kick the tires on the junior college ranks again? Like those I would think of, you'd go more likely for for a guy that um, the, they that tried that guy that's from got UCLA, yeah. yeah. A guy that's got a year or two, you know, not necessarily a project that couldn't play this year. What good's that going to do you? Yeah, and, and and you've got a lot of edge guys in this recruiting class that you're going after. So it's not mm-hmm. like you need to like a guy to build for the future around necessarily, right. um, but you just need depth because if anything happens to Derek Hall or Echo Leota, you're down to an experience. I mean, whether it is whether it is Dylan Brooks or if you're moving Joko Willis over there, you, you it's just guys who haven't had to play there. You, I mean, you 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 say, boy, Auburn's lucky, and and if if Derek Hall has a great season, then in fact Auburn is extremely fortunate that he decided to come back for another year of college football instead of going to the NFL draft. Yeah. At the same time, had Derek Hall decided to start his NFL career, you could sell playing time in the transfer portal to a lot of to to, to edges that are you know that would come in and maybe want to compete. He'd much rather have the All SEC guy. Come but out. you have the All SEC player, and maybe because of that, you have to hold your breath a little bit regarding the depth behind him. Uh, but no, you're right. You'd probably rather have the All SEC player than a bunch of uh, magic beans that could mon- one day turn into uh, an All SEC player. Uh, but they're not. They're not an All SEC player right now. It's a little bird in hand, right, Bill? I mean, you, you, yeah. you, you don't. I mean, it's because you. you well, see, I mean, you need it now. You, you need, see you the know, benefit. Of, you see the benefit of if if we, not, not a benefit, but if you see if Derek Hall wasn't on the team, if Derek Hall had gone into the NFL draft, you you could then you, sell. Then you, then you, Bring as many as you can in. Right, and you can sell playing time. And, and hope that some of them can help you. And you can sell playing time to all of them. Right. Right, you can yeah, say, right, hey, right now, with Derek Hall and Echo Leota, you've got two guys that you know can play, and so do the so do the people you're trying to recruit. So do any potential opponent for playing time right. you know, would, would, would know that as well. And so, it's, yeah, you, you, have to, you have to hold your breath or get creative or figure out you know, how to address the depth behind him. Uh, but, I mean, it is ultimately... It's a good problem to have yeah. that you have Derek Hall and Eku Leota, and you sure. got to figure out what to do behind them. And it's limiting, you know, your options are limited because they're so good and they're going to play so much. No, my question was going to be: Have you seen Joko? Is is he any larger than he had been? He, he does look a little. Uh, he does look because larger. that's something that yeah. that would concern me about him being strictly did, or primarily an edge. How did he get those scars? <laughs> You're such an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, I think it was uh, I think it was it was Jason Caldwell pointed out recently when they had their like all the units go eat dinner at the houses of their uh-huh. posi- uh, position coaches. Joko was with the edges, um, and, 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 of the stayed, and, and they said, "No, you're not done eating. Yeah, well, just keep just like, keep eating. No, him and, him and Dylan, uh, Dylan Brooks because that's right. the other thing with Dylan Brooks. Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks is tall. Is, Dylan he's Brooks tall. is down from what he yeah what he, what he came he, in at. He's a, he's a lanky fella. Uh, Joko though, like That's when you look when you look at him at linebacker this year, 
or, the, or last year, and what you saw about him in the in, in the spring, it's like, well, he was doing things that edge rushers do. He's blitzing. He's coming off right. the edge. He's coming right after you. But, so. he, but he was built like Smoke Bundy. Yeah, he's 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 like one of those. Uh, yeah, he's one of those package guys. You see him in the NFL for like uh, uh, a really good example of this is like what Derwin James was at Florida State, where it's like you're just a football player, and we'll we'll put you anywhere. Mm-hmm. But like there was those that stretch where Florida State was like you're our best edge rusher. And you're- the fellow on Clemson who who was you know played uh, the, was it, I think he ended up in the Lions, right? He was, but he's the, the fellow on Clemson played every position. He was like the linebacker, defensive end. No, you're, you're talking about Isa- uh, is it Isaiah something? And or? he plays for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, he's on, yeah. He's on, but, Isaiah Car- uh, yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons he plays for the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, and the thing with him is he's like. Six seven. Not to, <laughs> yeah, not, not to not to draw yeah, yeah. No, but Joker like those Willis, those but. like Swiss Army knife types. Of and then there's also um, there's a thought process that Owen Papo could end up doing something like that at the next level, where it's just like you might be a safety, you might be an inside linebacker, you might be a guy we put you in a speed position. Like yeah, I, and I wonder. I mean. Joe, using Joko Willis in other spots is intriguing too because it does seem like they feel okay about their top options at linebacker yes. and and maybe a linebacker rotation that doesn't include Joko Willis. He was going to be a positional package guy. They had him as the star, which is usually only used them in certain spots. Mm-hmm. But every time we saw Joko Willis basically play last year, he was either taking somebody's head off on a on a kick return. Or blitzing, right? And he's very good at that. And if so. you if you turn someone who's you know maybe something of an afterthought in your linebacker rotation into an undersized pass rush, be, yeah, it might pass not, rush specialist, right? I mean, it might not be a guy who's necessarily like again. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to you know downgrade Joko a lot, but like you don't know how he is in pass coverage. You don't right. know how he is in run fits, but you know he can pin his ears back and go hit people. And like that, <laughs> there's a lot of value to that. It's kind of like with. With what they did with TD, Martin yeah, this is year. this is an ad. I mean, I'm advocating for Joko Willis to get on the field here. When I say like, if you if you're if you're diagnosing the linebacker position right now with Cam Riley, Wesley Steiner, Owen Papo, if he's healthy, you know th- those three guys getting the overwhelming number of the snaps. If there's something you can find for Joko Willis sure. that that helps the defense and utilizes his skill set, like that's, I mean that that's that's a that's a net benefit. Um, now if he's now if he's a vital piece at linebacker, also asking him to do something like that is probably stretching well, things. Well, I mean if 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 you're at best the fourth linebacker, but you can be the third edge quickly or in, something. In, compet- mean, in competition yeah, to be the fourth right. linebacker, right? I mean there, there's probably three guys. And oh maybe, yes, I'm saying at best. Yeah. I mean that's that's absolutely and so but you I'm, can I'm, be a a backup immediately right and who maybe sees a second teamer immediately who maybe has packages you right. know for for a certain uh, you know the third the, a guy who's always on the field on third and long you know th- things like mm-hmm. that 3343211390 uh we'll get to our first break here of hour number 2 love for you to join in as we continue here on the Thursday drive <laughs> Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Uh, don't forget, coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes, um, Riley Hubbard interviewing Sonny DeShara, our weekly Tiger Take 
Brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union, Finance with Family. Visit myaucu.org to learn more. Yes, Auburn baseball, nice send-off today uh, from, from over at the Coliseum. Saw some of the uh, pictures there. I couldn't make it, but a uh, good crowd on the reverse Tiger Walk as the Tigers uh, heading to Corvallis. I think the support around the program has been really something to see these last couple of weeks. I mean, the, the, the atmosphere for the last couple of home series uh, was uh, you, mm, you, you were there, you were there yep. for that phenomenal this weekend. Uh, I mean, just uh, I got I got to see uh, the the Sunday night game before they uh, before they called it the the Auburn UCLA game and, and the atmosphere. Despite a two hour rain delay, uh, you know when when that game when that game started at, at around eight o'clock on a Sunday night, you had a really full crowd and a lot of them stayed as, as long as they could. You know, on, pretty good crowd come back on Monday. Like yeah, too. Ab- absolutely, oh, yeah, that really. was. I mean, it was it was great that they just said, "Come on in, everybody, come in." I didn't see anybody uh, complaining if there was already somebody sitting in their seats, and I thought. You know, nice to say. Well, if you, it should have been get there early and maybe you can sit in your seat. But right. I mean, everybody. Uh, I mean, it was a really good crowd, and everybody just couldn't wait. You know, to try to get there to the end and go ahead and celebrate. And now, and now, Auburn baseball is going to be sort of on the other side of that because it's going to be a really Ooh, you're not going to be a really good crowd and a lot of a lot of Oregon State fans. And like you said, graduation weekend. I think that only stimulates. You know, yeah, the fact it's going to be a pretty crowd. You're, you're going to have more alumni, and you're going to have more. Uh, yeah, you're going to have more uh, proud, and, proud Oregon and, State fans in the house. And, and you know, they're yeah, they're a proud baseball program that hasn't been to a super regional since they won the World Series back in '18. And the thing with Oregon State is, you know. That's their thing, right? Baseball is mm-hmm. their thing, and not to denigrate their football program, no, their like basketball program State. that much. It's just it's their thing. They are they are the baseball school in the Pac-12. Now there are some really good b- baseball schools in the Pac-12 that do other things. Oh, yeah, I would I would compare them to Mississippi State. Yeah. I would and say baseball baseball State, wise, yeah. they're the Mississippi State of the Pac-12. Right. And then maybe maybe there are other programs that have more championships or more uh, you know they have have more prominent uh, you know they're, they're glitzier. Uh, but they're, this, this is, is a, their thing. This that's is a fan what base. they consistently yes. compete and, in, and the support in the community. You know, for mm-hmm. for even when the students aren't around, you know, they'll they'll pack that baseball stadium just like the people in, good, the, in Starkville and a pretty good uh, talent producer too. I mean, Adley Rushman now up with the yep. with the Orioles, but that's a, a guy who was a uh, who was, was a big or- yeah, the he was the one prospect or- in baseball. Yeah, he was the Oregon State guy. Uh, was the best player in college baseball when he was there. So. Yeah, it's an interesting spot to be in for for Auburn for sure, and you could you could tell though they were dying. A lot of Auburn fans obviously were living and dying on Monday night trying to see if Vanderbilt could pull oh, it off, yeah. and they came close. They, they came did. close, but when uh, when Oregon State pulled that pitcher back out for the for the end, yeah, when they brought Herpe back yeah, in, it's, it's like yeah, he's he, like, is, uh, he is great. Like and, like Bennett said on our podcast, it's like pulling Kershaw out there in the out of the pen, except for he actually it actually worked well. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the guy that was his first relief appearance ever. Yeah, first relief and appearance it's, ever. And and you, when you're do or die, and you can send out your ace out there like that, it's just pull out all the stops. They're not going to be afraid. And and now with the game not till Saturday, it shouldn't be a problem. I know there's some people going, well, maybe that will you know mess him up a little bit, but he didn't throw that many pitches. And, and maybe uh, limit some if you go to game days. three if he could do that again. Yeah, like yeah. that might that might be the that might be the thing. But it depends. Nick, Nick Madrigal also a fourth overall pick uh, from uh, from Oregon State and, mm. and now uh, now up in the uh, now up for the Cubs. So yeah, a couple He's couple on your big team, isn't he? Yes, he couple He's big, currently on the bench. Couple big time uh, big time <laughs> baseball. Uh, the one guy who all he can do is hit for average was like two ten at one point. And I was like, <laughs> that was a lot of that. He you was know, hurt, he was hurt for a little bit in too, Major though. League Baseball. The the bat the the bats are warming up as the yes. weather is warming yes. up. The bats are warming. Up. There were an awful lot of really 
proven major once leaguers again, we're all who, get, who couldn't hit anything at all early on. Once again, we're all getting a prayer circle for uh, Cabrian Hayes to find some power in his, in, his, <laughs> in his bat. Dude can hit the ball really well. The, he just... The, the renovation. Another another prominent uh, former Oregon State player who who had a successful major league career. The uh, I guess a, a significant percentage of the renovations, uh, the most recent renovation to their baseball stadium, was paid for in part by Jacoby Ellsbury, who gave I some of that. No idea he was at Oregon gave, State. Gave, gave, for some reason, I thought of him as the Arizona State guy, but that was Pedroia. Yeah, yes, Pedroia was Pedroia's sensational, yeah. sensational Arizona State. So, so Ellsbury gave. I guess a million and a half of that two hundred million dollars the Yankees paid him to sit on the bench for a decade. <laughs> uh, Ellsbury gave us uh, some of that to uh, to Oregon State to help uh, to help renovate their baseball and and their um their their coach was a guy who I mean he's in his mid thirties and uh, Mitch Canham and and he was an Oregon State player a four year starter brief baseball career uh, as as a player came back to coach and and was the uh, the surprise the way, the surprise successor for their uh, for their last guy. While we were talking, we mentioned uh, Rushman as the number one overall pick. You know, we were saying earlier in the first hour about Jabari getting a really good chance to be first overall. Um, if they go first overall, if he goes first overall, Auburn will have had talk the number one in Maltese and, and yeah. three. Do you know? Uh-huh. Do you know the other two? Yeah, there are two. There are two others. That, Dan, do you know the other two? Hold on, the other other two schools that have had that have had a baseball, basketball, and football number one overall ooh, pick. There's only ooh. two. Auburn's trying to become the third. If if Jabari Smith is selected by if if Jabari Smith goes first, it's overall, a really cool collection. Let me think about yeah. this. Yeah. So, hmm, I don't know. I mean, I'm because I'm, I don't want to work through this on the air and go through. I'm gonna. Uh, is UCLA one of them? UCLA is one. I of was them. gonna say UCLA feels like with uh, with, with some of the uh, with, with some of the players they've had uh, that would be a uh, Troy Aikman uh, first overall pick from UCLA in the uh, in the NFL draft. I think I don't believe UCLA's had another first overall pick in the uh, NFL draft. Than, no, no, they the, had a Heisman uh, Trophy winner, but they didn't have. I think Aikman's the I think Aikman's the one UCLA uh, first overall pick in football. Um, is it an SEC school? Yes. The other one? Yes. Is it LSU? Yep. Yeah. How about that? Huh? West. Yep. Yeah. LSU. LSU with Shaq and Ben Simmons. Um, and Marcus Russell. Marcus Russell. Yeah. And uh, I think Ben McDonald was number one overall. Mm-hmm. In the, in the ben, who's on the SEC network? I yep. almost, I almost went Florida State, but I was thinking, has Florida State had a first overall pick in basketball? And I don't, I don't, no. I don't think they've had James. I don't think James so. went first overall, and I believe. Oh. J.D. Drew, maybe? J.D. Drew was the number one. Pick. Yeah, so, I mean, they, Florida State... Florida Buster State was would, close. Was Buster number one? Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think he was the no. number one. Maybe. Maybe Posey went first he overall. He may have been. I he will was say very high. Florida State has... Posey a, might especially in the Leonard Hamilton era, Florida State's had a really good track record of getting dudes in the lottery when they get picked in the lottery. You're like, huh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Flo- Patrick Williams is a, is a great example. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, if you want to use a top ten pick on it, that's fine. Rookie of the year, right? Patrick Patrick Williams just won just won Rookie of the Year for his uh, for his rookie season, but it was not the, the first overall pick. So Florida State would get close, but they uh, yeah. they need a uh, they need a basketball player. Yeah, it's 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 really rare to be that good in all of those sports. Yeah, you're right. Really, really rare. I mean, so it's 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 nothing when it seems like sometimes fans go, well, yeah, it stinks. The school's only good at this or at this and that. It's yeah. like it's it is very rare. When schools are really good across the board, we were talking about something we were talking about yesterday. Uh, uh, who was it that was talking about uh, with us about um, the best overall performances by schools? Was saying Arkansas was talking about Arkansas. Oh, was it, was had it a really good year. It was Jake, wasn't it? Yeah. You mentioned Arkansas. And I said, you know, Auburn's had Auburn's had a pretty good all round yeah. athletic year. Yep, they have. They have for sure. 
I mean, I, I do, but the point about Arkansas in that a couple of years ago, there were several sports at Arkansas that were sort of concerned about their direction, and that's changed. You know, they, they've done they've done a good job of. I mean, their new AD is in a really good yeah, job, and though. and even you know some even with some hires that maybe weren't uh, that weren't considered slam dunks at the time. You know, that that have now gone on to be uh, you the know, Muss hire definitely worked. Yeah, I mean that that's a uh, and even even losing we were talking I think it was last week we talked to you about Jalen Williams uh, going into the draft for Arkansas Thank even God. even despite Jalen Williams going into the into the draft for Arkansas. Oh yeah, it seems oh, like seems like they're going into the season. The how, many, how many people? How many people uh, thought Sam Pittman was going to do what he's done? It's so Pittman. Far Pittman is is one of those guys though that it's like if you're a program like Arkansas where you don't have like national championship history. Um, and it's going to be tougher for you to get to that point because of where you are and, and who you are in the landscape. Getting somebody who's just a fit, like just a just mm-hmm. like he really fits the program, uh, it matters a ton. And so, be very interesting to see like how that continues because I really like the way he fits there. Um, you know, I think Lane's got some of that with him. He's got Miss. pretty good coordinators too. Yeah, he's got really good coordinators. <laughs> And I think moving forward, I'll be very interested because I, it feels like Shane Beamer kind of is getting that at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It just kind of fits like the kind of dude they need. We'll see if uh, we'll see if that stick's around. Buster Posey, fifth overall pick. Yeah, in I knew he was very high, but I didn't think he was number one. Uh, Tim Beckham was the first overall pick in uh, in, in that draft. Uh, the shortstop that yep. Tampa Bay took. Yeah, from Georgia. Pedro Alvarez from Vanderbilt went second overall that year. The big uh, well, Vandy's Vandy's had a few. Uh, and and you wow, so Georgia's not. Has Georgia not had a number one overall pick in football? Is that what's holding Georgia back? No, no, Tim Beckham didn't play Georgia. Oh, okay. Tim, Tim Beckham played high school baseball. High, high school. school. Yeah. He's in from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yes, he's as as is half the half, half of major, major league, league baseball. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, if, if they're if they're, from the, if they're from the United States, most of Did them Beckham played in East Georgia Cobb. or something like that. He might he might have speaking of signing speaking of signing at uh, uh, signing by the way we we were talking about this on our podcast about like. Uh, Butch Thompson and like how Auburn, you know, you you've got to do the most with the scholarships you have. You don't have the lottery, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of compared it to kind of like a Moneyball situation where you just got, mm-hmm. all right, you got to make the best of it. But Butch Butch Thompson's eye for talent. When you think about Casey Mize, right about somebody, pointing out pointing out uh, the other day with Adley Rushman moving on to the big league club. Uh, and Grayson Rodriguez, I think, is the top prospect in the Orioles system. Gunnar Henderson, former Auburn. Uh, Commitment slash mm-hmm. signee uh, from Selma is now I think the number two prospect in the Orioles system is just tearing it up right now. Um, so they knew what they were doing with that guy too. Uh, it's it's just really cool to see kind of how uh, all, all that's all that's come together. Yeah, re- really really exciting to see uh, and and hopefully uh, the baseball run gets to continue. This postseason has been a uh, has been a blast. So they're such a fun team too. Yeah, see, you know, hopefully get to it. We'll see what happens this weekend. Maybe, maybe get to see him in Omaha. Yep, and again, coming up in the next segment, uh, we'll let you hear Roddy Hubbard's interview with Sonny Deshera. You know, we still we may we may be able to take a call or two before we do that. Uh, so stick with us. We're back for the final half hour of the Thursday Drive.
The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes or so here on the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And uh, really, really looking forward to tomorrow's show. We're going to be on the road first time in a while heading downtown for uh, the uh, to, to hype up. Skybar's having watch parties this weekend for the, uh, for the for the baseball games Saturday and Sunday. They'll be open with all the baseball games on all their TVs uh, for the uh, you know for, for the 9 p.m. Uh, Auburn Oregon State baseball games this weekend. Skybar will have you covered, and we are going to be live tomorrow from four to six downtown doing the show. Now, and and uh, yeah, we're we're thrilled. It, it's going to be a lively atmosphere downtown with the uh, oh, yeah, with, yeah. With, with the celebration you know about, about to get going the uh, uh, the the art walk. Uh, but, but you've also, of course, got the uh, the summer nights art walk. But also, uh, yeah, we're happy to, we're happy to be uh, at Sky Bar, uh, telling folks to uh, to come by and watch the baseball this weekend as Auburn uh, gets ready to play Oregon State. And uh, uh, you know, I've had I've had some folks ask, well, what time do I think the game's going to be if there is a game Monday? Of course, your 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 preference would be when Saturday and you know when Saturday and Sunday, and don't worry about it and. And uh, have the team be traveling back on Monday, getting ready to go to Omaha. But if there is a game Monday, it's all going to depend on what happens in the other Saturday-Sunday series if there are no rainouts on the Friday-Saturday-Sunday series. Right. It, it, it's... Um... It's, I mean, it's, it, and we also we also need to know how many games are going to be on Monday. If some of yeah, those series that's only what I last, mean. if if there are games all day, it could very well be a late night again. I mean, I don't think they're going to turn around and play a nine p.m. game on on Sunday and then and then have them play at noon. No, on on no, Monday, but they I could but they could play could be six. They could play uh, an earlier game, which would be more prime time nationally if other teams. Aren't playing. You're right. Could be could be a 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Central start instead of a 9 p.m. start, depending on what the uh, ESPN wants to do with the broadcast window. Of course, that's only if there's a game three. That's that's, that's if right. necessary. The series uh, if the series uh, ends in in two, uh, you're you're not worried about the uh, the game on Monday. But yeah, it remains to be seen what sort of I would expect a night game and. Um, Maybe they go to nine p.m. instead. I mean, maybe it's not nine p.m. because it's a weeknight. But I don't. I don't. I don't know. It may not be much earlier than yeah, eight if it's an evening game. You're right. Um, again, the guys. Some of the names to watch out for for uh, for Oregon State. Cooper Herpe, the uh, the big lefty who is ten and two with a two forty ERA. And uh, yeah, as Jason was saying yesterday, ninety seven and two thirds innings. He struck out hundred fifty five and walked twenty one. That is a ridiculous ratio. Yeah, somebody mentioned. Yeah, uh, did somebody mention Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. a little earlier? That's that's Kershaw kind of strikeout to walk numbers. Just Crazy. just ridiculous. That's a really high K ratio too. When you're about one and a half almost per inning, fifteen almost fifteen yeah. per nine innings. It's better Woo. than better than one and a half per inning. That's that's wild. Yeah, it is. So I mean, look at I mean, he's the guy. He's if Auburn there. could jump on him and if and Auburn like, if Auburn can win that ball game. Huge. You know, with him getting the start, then it should be downhill from there. But I mean, yes, he is uh 
Uh, he, he's their Saturday starter. He is their ace. Um, but, but they, it's not like they don't have hitting. Jacob mentioned, uh, Jason mentioned Jacob Melton, uh, who is, um, their, let's see, he is their leading, well, second leading hitter at 360. Hmm. Their leading home run man with 16, leads them in RBIs with 81, and he's 21 for 22 stealing bases. Wow. So, I mean, he is, uh, he's yeah. outstanding, but the top four in their order, the top four in their order, Justin Boyd leads off. He's batting 366 with eight homers. Uh, uh, Wade Meckler bats second. He's hitting 355. Mm. Melton is their, th- uh, well, actually, Melton's the cleanup hitter. Garrett Forrester hits third, and he's batting 342 with eight homers. Then comes Melton, 360 with uh, 16 homers. So a very dangerous top four of the order sounds like a team that was number three in the country yeah like you know they they are advertised yeah they stole over a hundred bases um yes they they may not have hit you know tennessee like type home runs but uh they they have four players with at least eight and one with 16 yeah and i I think that's just the thing with with auburn coming in there from my perspective i think one of the things that'll help auburn out this weekend is they prove they can hang or beat anybody right. in the country with the way they played in the regular season. So it's this is going to be a fearless Auburn team going into what should be a pretty loud and tough environment in in uh, in Corvallis. A confident should be a very confident Auburn team going in there. And as we mentioned, um, our own Riley Hubbard had a chance to uh, to spend a few minutes with Sonny Deshera. You know, uh, we've been talking to him throughout the baseball season, our weekly Tiger Take segment, brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union. And uh, as we said, Riley had a chance to uh, spend a few minutes with Sonny D. And uh, let's give it a listen. So please be joined this hour by Auburn first baseman Sonny Deshera in this week's edition of Tiger Takes, presented by Auburn University Credit Union, a postseason edition of Tiger Takes once again as the Tigers were able to come out of the Auburn Regional that they hosted, uh, taking down southeast Louis- southeastern Louisiana, uh, Florida State, and then UCLA in the finals uh, to go move on to Super Regionals. And um, Sonny, a uh, pretty exciting weekend at Blainson Park, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, man, it was. It's probably one of the best weekends I've been a part of being yeah. a home team. Yeah, and you know. It's not often that Auburn gets to be the home team in the postseason. The last time it happened was back in 2010. Um, so the first time in 12 years Auburn gets chosen to be a, uh, a regional host site. I mean, that in itself, I mean, what does that mean to the team, just to, to have that honor from the NCAA? I know you kind of felt like you were on the bubble of being a host versus being a two-seed coming in. Oh yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's incredible for this organization and this uh, city to have that have the regional come back to Auburn. And yeah, I mean, you know, we had that tough last week there, and uh, we weren't sure if we were going to be a host or a two seed. And you know, thankfully, that come on that Sunday, uh, we were announced to host. And I think everybody just kind of got super giddy, and it was just a really, really, really good thing for this program. Yeah, and I mean, winning uh, the regional, obviously, the way that that Auburn did without even incurring a loss, do you, th- you feel like that kind of um, tells the NCAA they made a good decision? <laughs> I, w- I would I would hope so. Um, I think we ended up scoring like 51 runs in three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most biased C team ever yeah. in the three game span in the regional, and I think it kind of opened up, even opened up our eyes. You know, after that week we had, 
and uh, open up our eyes that we're still here and we're still playing. So yeah, I mean that was kind of that kind of leads to my next question. You know, obviously the the what ended up being a four game span against Kentucky didn't go necessarily the way that you guys wanted to, but you know, talk about how the offense kind of proved itself that it's it's back and. The offense is obviously in postseason form, scoring, like you said, 51 runs over three games. I mean, what was the deal with the offensive explosion? Uh, I, I think we were just kind of, we, you know, we had that whole week here after the SEC tournament loss. We had the whole week here just practicing, and we were really locked in, and we had, a, we had some great scrimmages that we had, and uh, we just kind of started rolling again and started seeing the ball well, and I think it was a good break from SEC teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we had seen them for 10 straight weeks, and so – just being able to really lock in like we did was really uh, encouraging to see. Yeah, and obviously you personally had a great uh, weekend, but also, I mean, talk about your teammates a little bit. First, The first night, uh, the highlight was Cole Foster, who had not been in the lineup uh, for a couple weeks prior due to injury, but he gets reinserted into the lineup, into the two spot, and he hits three home runs, one of which was a grand slam, and in the first inning, you guys scored 11 runs against southeastern Louisiana, one from the left side, one from the right side. And nine RBIs. Talk about talk about his progression. That, that, that night was absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like it. So, I mean, he's uh, he you know he had that injury. Might have been might have been against Arkansas, and uh, he's de- dealing with something with his oblique or something. Um, you know, just to he worked back. He worked his way back. He got better every week, and and it was a uh, it was pretty encouraging to see him you know get back in lineup and do what he did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then um, another highlight: Brody Moore going five for five, uh, and later was named the uh, the all tournament uh, MVP. Talk about just how he's kind of more or less one of the the biggest leaders on on the team. You know, he's been here for a while, and also is, is your shortstop. Um, but talk about you know his leadership uh, as, as well as you know what he means to the team on in the field and at the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean him him and uh, Casey Howell, they both they both won a region they both won a super region they've been to Omaha and so uh, having those two guys around who knows know what it's like to you know just keep getting that next step. I think they're just the they're kind of the unsung heroes of this team. Just in the dark they they they, they lead us they, they let us know everything's going to be okay and uh, just they know how to win. For sure, for sure. Well, um, you know, kind of putting a putting a bow on it. Obviously, we've already talked about what it meant to have a regional here at Plainsman Park. I mean, have you have you ever seen an atmosphere like that? At all? Obviously, you grew up an Auburn fan. Have you ever seen an atmosphere like that? You know, at an Auburn baseball field? Uh, no, I've not. I've never seen that at an Auburn baseball field. I'll tell you that. Uh, I kind of last year I played in the Mississippi State Regional, and I mean, I was drawing comparisons to that with just how rowdy and how many people were there, and so. It's definitely awesome that just have that around. Yeah, I mean, you guys have gotten awesome support, uh, especially once the postseason run has kind of begun. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think uh, I don't know how many Auburn fans are going to be able to make it to Corvallis, but <laughs> but uh, ho- hopefully we can take care of business and we can see a bunch of them over in Omaha. Yeah, I mean, just moving on. So you guys win the Auburn Regional, um, and next stop, as you mentioned, is Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, obviously, a lot that, that that's a lot of mileage to cover. Um, you're in a different time zone. The first and second games are scheduled for uh, what I like to say body time, 9.30 body time, 9.30 central time. So the guys, you know, the supporters over on this side of the world are going to have to kind of stay up late. Talk about um, just kind of the, not only the acclimation to the time, but also that it's going to be colder, uh, thicker air, things of that nature. Yeah, there's going to be all different types of uh, environmental things that we can't control. Uh, we're just, you know, we're going to get off that plane on Thursday. We're just going to do everything we can to get our bodies right and minds right just to 
you know, kind of push that over the edge because in the end we're still just playing a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we can put everything like that behind us and just let it roll. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, most people probably know this, but you do have a day in there. Um, so that, that, should, that should help a good bit as well. Uh, I mean, talking about Oregon State, uh, I don't know how much you've necessarily looked at their team. Obviously, very respected, their top five seed, national seed in the country. I mean, what are your thoughts uh, just on their team and how, how Auburn matches up with them uh, early on? I mean, they're, uh, they're going to be tough. I mean, and it doesn't matter really who you play in the Super Regional is going to be tough. So uh, we're just, you know, going to get up there on Thursday night and practice on Friday and just really talk about the team and who they got. And I personally haven't seen much on them. That's just, you know, West Coast teams and Pac-12 versus SEC. You just, you, you really just pay attention to your own league. And so, sure. um, you know, I, I, the only thing I know about them is they got the Pac-12 player of the year who was a hitter. And they also have the Pac-12 pitcher of the year. Uh, you know, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a fun grind, man. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be a really it's gonna be a really fun series. And from the offensive point of view, I mean, I guess just kind of keep doing what you're doing, right? You're, you guys are obviously doing something, right? And you're seeing the ball pretty well to play personally. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a good practice today, and uh, we're really gonna lock things back in and just keep them rolling. Uh, that was very encouraging to see our offense get back up like that. And so, once everybody's rolling, I think we're gonna be pretty hard offensive stop. Absolutely. Well, um, Sonny, I really appreciate uh, your time. Hope you guys have a safe trip uh, out to Oregon, taking on the Oregon State Beavers. Again, uh, that series will be Saturday, Sunday, and then, if necessary, uh, play a game on uh, Monday. Good luck to you in War Eagle. War Eagle. All right. When we come back, we'll have more with Bill and Dan in the studio. You're listening to The Drive on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Thursday drive. And again, our, our thanks to Riley for uh, being able to uh, spend a little time with with Sonny Deshera. And hopefully, and hopefully the bats uh, stay as warm as as they were here, regardless of what the weather or anything is like out there. Man, that's that's one of the things. Last week we were trying to uh, uh, let people know: don't be concerned about a layoff when you haven't been playing well, but this is the time where, man, you want to do whatever you can to keep things going because um, you, you don't see many stretches where a team hits the ball and scores game after game after game. Yeah. No, it's, it, you know, I think I heard that uh, Butch said after one of the games, was like, yeah, we're going to have to win a close one here in the region. It's like, nah, you're just going to blow, blow the doors off of a third straight opponent. Closest was game three. That, yeah, I mean, game I, t- three, I tweeted this. I was like, it, the biggest got opponent to within five. Yeah, I tweeted this the other day though. But like, the biggest opponent Auburn had in their regional was the rain because mm-hmm. it just kind of just killed the momentum the weather, that they had. Right. Yeah, it was it's incredible run, and so we'll see what they end up doing at Oregon State. But even if you know, even if this is it and they don't go to Omaha, I mean, what a season it's been, and what a weekend last weekend was. It's been a, it's been a really fun year for. A, for a program that again needs to get its, uh, I think needs to get a little bit more of its due. I mean, they've what, this third supers in five years. Yeah, and the, la- so and the last four that you could go to because there weren't there weren't right. any in uh, twenty. So hard, it's so hard to 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 do that. It's so hard to make a super regional in, in college baseball. And 
But Thompson's done it again. And he, like we were saying earlier, doesn't have all the advantages that an SEC nope. school gets uh, in, in in baseball. So, um, but a really really fun uh, really fun team, and we'll see if they can uh, pull it off once again and, and get back to Omaha. Got a couple of minutes left here on the uh, Thursday drive, and this weekend. I mean, we've talked a lot about that going on, uh, baseball going on on the other side of the country. A big football recruiting weekend. Yeah, this is. Uh, I read this from uh, Christian Clemente, who's now at uh, Auburn Undercover. Ten official visitors this weekend. Nine of Ten. them. That's nine it. of them are nine of them are four stars. That I mean, that just not long ago that would have seemed absurd that there'd be ten official visitors coming in mid June. These kids are wanting to go ahead and get get stuff done, and and so they can really focus on their football season, uh, their high school, fo- their senior season. And I think that's a really smart thing. And they've also got a uh, got an unofficial visit this weekend from uh, or uh, yeah from a twenty twenty four quarterback. Um, yeah, so, a lot, a lot of kids from the same school, which yeah, has Langston, some serious Langston prospects. Langston Hughes and uh, Fairburn, I think Auburn would love <laughs> if Auburn could try to build half their class yeah. out of that. It's been a, well, it's if, been a and if you're game. a if you're a player who wants to play at one of these schools and you're in you know wait and see mode, uh, the school's going to move on. They're going to go find somebody else to recruit yeah. instead. So yeah, I mean, I think it, it benefits everybody for this Bol- process to have been moved up some, but it makes these June recruiting weekends just just abs- I mean, it was I mean a couple of years. I mean, I think it was. Chiswick, right? Where this—that was sort of a, I mean, the ma- making the June weekends huge events. Uh, what big was cat, it? Yeah. Big, yeah, big, Auburn, yeah, big cats back. Big cat. I mean, those sorts. I mean, that was that was a, a relatively novel thing to do uh, back then. And now, uh, if, if you're if you're recruiting operations, this entire month of, month of June it's huge. June, right? June's yeah, a, it's yeah, one it of the really most is. important months whether, of the calendar. Whether they get a ton of commitments or not, it's getting them here and trying to. You know, really build and strengthen relationships. Yep, and uh, a couple of uh, mentioned all the Georgia kids, a couple of in-state kids as well, uh, a couple of edge rushers. Yeah, you were talking a, about edge a while ago. A, that's that's something a, Auburn would love to get from a packed edge rusher defensive line class in the state of Alabama. Uh, this year's historic one, and uh, Auburn's got two guys coming in. Keldrick Falk and Kel- Hunter Osborne. Kel- Keldrick Falk, and I want to shout out Keldrick Falk because it's really hard to get a ton of attention uh, as a recruit when you play at Highland Home. And if, if any That's of you, true. if any of you have ever wow. been through Highland Home or seen Highland Home, you can tell you can tell it's uh, not that big of a place. So shout out to the Wiregrass. Shout out to to I, I mean, they, I remember when they first started talking about him as a recruit. I was like, "There's a kid from Highland Home that, that's like a top, you know, 200 player in the country." Uh, and yeah, uh, Auburn seems like they're going to be in a pretty good spot for them, depending on what goes on this week with their visits. Justin, before we uh, run out of time, let, let everybody know one more time about uh, the Observer and uh, yeah. what 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 they what they can be expecting and how they can get it. Yeah, so the, it's the Observer that we do about three newsletters a week. We do a mailbag where you can ask questions about anything. I'll answer them on Fridays. That comes out tomorrow. I do a football and a basketball newsletter once a week. This week we talked in football about the Louisiana recruiting. Basketball, we did a story on Katie Johnson, uh, and then we do a couple podcasts as well. You can listen to our free podcasts on the weekends, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can listen to the premium one if you subscribe, and that's where we did the big baseball breakdown with Bennett. I've eaten at It Don't Matter in Highland Home. Yes, I went sir. There with, I went yes, there with sir. my brother years years ago. That name sounded familiar. I said, I've been to I've been It Don't Matter. Well, my, Shout out to Highland Home. My favorite thing about Highland Home, one of the best one of the best uh, high school nicknames in the, in, in the state Uh the uh, they're the Highland Home Flying Squadron. Yep. And uh, if you've ever been by Highland Home, uh, you, the highway goes right by the school. Like I mean, like right by it. And they they're one of those like tiny schools that have the football stadium on campus, and it's like in a hole off the side of the road. 